Three, two, one, here we go. Good morning, everyone. My name is Dominic Vickis, and this is Dave Dini, and this is episode one of the Dave Dini podcast. We wanna take some time here today and introduce who it is that we are, what it is that we do, and what is the message that we wanna go ahead and do. You know I love you, right? (laughs) Man, you are loud, you are good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank but you. If we're going to be doing this this close, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm earmuff. Well, I, I want to take some time today and, and begin. Is D&D Dave and Dom? Yes, it is. Wow. You like that? Yeah. Perfect. So let's introduce our audience to who is Dave Dini. We know that Dave Dini is an entrepreneur. Dave Dini mm-hmm. is a father. Dave Dini is a, a recent grandfather. Dave Dini is a coach to his core. But who is Dave Dini in your words? I think that... Um, the answer to that question, and I'm not trying to be difficult, it's probably different for different people, right? For those different areas you just talked about. I'm, I'm dad, I'm a friend, I am an, an employer, I am a motivator, I'm a mentor, I'm a coach. So to answer that question, I think I'm going to be whatever you need me to be. Um, I'm going to have some things that I've live my life on that I think I can help I think they're important I think people need to get it sometimes from somebody that's not necessarily in their life but they find a way to trust and through this process you know we're gonna let people know my personality your personality and then hopefully there's a connection there so that a message can be received so I'm just gonna be me and so who is Dave Dini I think he's um, a guy that's live the life that a lot of people might want to emulate and not so much for things but because of my ability to enjoy the moment good bad or indifferent i've had i found a way to be in the present and be grateful that i'm there Always striving for more. Yeah. I can't tell you, my brain never shuts off. I want, and I want, and I want. And why is that so important to you? The want? Yeah. I don't know. I just feel that I have a legacy to leave. And that's not the first thought, but it's a big thought now, especially as I'm getting older. At the same time though, you say, why is it important? Dave, why do you always strive for more? And I just think that there was something in me from the time I was younger that says, if they can do it, I can do it. And it looks like it's fun. And if I could have more happiness in my life, wouldn't I want it? Mm -hmm. I like happiness. Let's get more of that. If I could have more money in my life, would I want it? Let's get more of that. So I just think that there's always going to be something more that everybody wants. But you just can't let that own you. You gotta find a way to be grateful and happy for where you are at that moment. And then you're pursuing and going and getting more because human beings wanna grow. We all wanna become more. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that, Dave. And and what what do you think, who is the typical listener that you think would wanna listen into this podcast? What is a nugget that someone can take away from this. Who do you think that our message here can best be delivered to? Okay, well, you know, again, <clears throat> I, I think it's whoever needs it, right? 
And the nice part about what we're doing right now, Dom, Valeria, Ivan, the nice thing that we're doing, I think, is we're sharing the human element, human beings, right? We're not any better. We're not any any um, more deserving of anything special in life. Mm -hmm. And I've lived a certain tale. And there could be a lot of people saying, hmm, I'm going through something similar. Or I've been through something similar. Or I'm going through it right now. And I want to get into some of the hardships. And I want to get into some of the failure. And I want to get into some of the, man, I didn't get it when I wanted to get it. But that didn't stop me. Because the, the question was, who? Who is my audience? It could be a young person that's struggling to find a friend. It could be a Fortune 500 CEO that needs to hear what he knows or she knows to be true, but needs to be reminded because they're in a place right now where they're losing confidence. And they need someone to say, hey, snap out of it. Don't forget who you are. Get back in there mm -hmm. and give them hell. That sounds like motivation to me. Would you say some of the main topics you want to discuss, you want to bring across to our listeners would be motivation, how to give someone that extra kick in the butt when they might be in a rut? Yeah. Would you say your message is more tactical or is your message more more motivating and more and more maybe grandiose in scale? You know, it's, it's hard to answer the questions like that because my mind goes in a million different places. I would just say that when we're speaking and I talk about communication, I'm speaking about people interacting and making sure each message is being heard and felt. There's nothing worse than people talking to one another and somebody doesn't get it. Right? Think about that struggle. Yeah. You know, you're trying to communicate with um, a spouse or your partner and they're not hearing you or mm -hmm. you're, not, you're not feeling like they're hearing you. And how many times do you hear someone say, no, you just don't get me. You should know me. Well, Dave Dini has worked really, really hard on understanding Dave Dini and figuring out my communication with others. And I've worked really, really hard at getting into somebody's model of the world so that I can really help and listen. And what I found is by doing that, more people want to help me too. Mm -hmm. But um, in that process of communicating, now I have a little rapport and I'm here to help, so I'm offering a suggestion. Sometimes the suggestion is stop being full of it I don't agree with you. I think you need to change your mind on that. I think it's you. And they'll be willing to accept some of that. Mm -hmm. Whereas if they don't know me, if my communication isn't good, if there isn't a rapport, they're going to put the cotton in the ears and they're going to say, I'm not it. Who's this guy? Who is, what is this guy talking about? So it sounds like you hit on rapport a few times here. Mm -hmm. Would you say rapport is something that's a key aspect, critical? when it comes to moving somebody on an idea, wanting to sell somebody on, on a thought, is rapport building a, a core of your message? Yes, yes, 100%. I mean, if we're gonna sit here and have a conversation, 
and it's truly a conversation. It's give and take. Mm -hmm. Then there has to be some sort of mutual respect in the room. Otherwise, your message isn't going to get heard. You have a debate. If if there's no, you know, you watch political debates and all this other stuff. They're not really communicating so much with each other to try to win the other person over. Yeah. They're each going to have their own view. They're just trying to gain perspective. So they have to think about who their audience is, not so much the person they're talking against. Mm -hmm. So rapport is absolutely imperative if you're going to have a chance at communicating with somebody and, and then ultimately helping and or selling, you know, moving an idea, a product, whatever it might be. Perfect. Well, let's, let's jump into today's discussion, Dave. And I know the topic that we're going to be focused on are the top five reasons that salespeople, men and women, all, all throughout, why they ultimately struggle selling and, and fail. The sales industry in itself has one of the highest turnover rates that any industries have. Mm -hmm. Sales is often an entry role for many individuals, but they do find it to be difficult and one that they don't succeed in. So there's five different topics, five different questions we want some insight on today. So okay. the first one, Dave, will be most people fail in sales because they view sales in a negative way. A salesman, a car salesman, any sort of salesman often carries a negative connotation to it. Why do you think that is? Why does sales have a negative connotation to mm -hmm. it? Why do people view sales in a negative way? Well, I think that from the beginning of time, the salesperson has been depicted as this con artist, uh, someone that right is trying to get over so they can win and get money, and uh, they have no value yeah. except for what they can put in their pocket. So profits over everything, right? And 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 they're they're not looking to help anybody but themselves. And the further, you know, what happens is it's the furthest thing from the truth. Every single person is a salesperson. If you have something of value, mm -hmm. if you don't value yourself in a communication, and you're just this lump, well, no one's gonna want you. No one's gonna wanna be around you, and you have nothing good to say. But now, if you speak up, and you have something to say, and, and you can add something lighthearted to the conversation, whatever, whoa, okay, this is somebody of value. So sales, to me, is just recognizing truth. It's bringing value. It's letting people understand that you're there for that value, that you understand their problem, and you have a solution for it. That's all. Mm -hmm. And I know some folks, people that love sales, work in the sales industry, they say all that sales is, is everything. Sales is an interaction between two individuals. My viewpoint is that everything in life is, is sales. Whether you're a doctor, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're an entrepreneur, it all comes down to sales. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, I would. I think that um, there's many people, even in the health organization, uh, health industry, think about this. You go to a doctor and you're not feeling well. And it turns out you got something that's not so positive. And the doctor you go to says, I don't know, 
but there I think I'm going to be able to help you, but you know, it's going to be this and that and that. And then you walk out leaving feeling pretty down. But instead, you go to another doctor and you say, look, you got this wrong, but I've seen it before, and we're going to knock this out of the park. We're going to kill it. You're going to be fine. You're going to, you're, this is going to be no problem. It'll make you feel a little different. Of course. So a doctor, a lawyer, their confidence exudes, their ability to help is something that you want, and if they don't have that, you're not sold on that the right person for you, even in a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. If someone's in a relationship right now, you ever see these commercials that are on TV right now, like an okay commercial? Uh, it's not okay, mm -hmm. just to be okay. Yeah. Hey, that's your loved one. You've been married 28 years, Dave. Uh, you know, your wife's interviewed. Oh, he's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. I don't want to be okay in someone's hard mind that I'm married to for 28 years. So, I just think it's really important that everything is connected somehow to rapport building, moving a message, because it has value. And it can help the person that you're speaking to. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to push it on you. Do whatever you want. You ultimately make the choice. That's selling to me. You have this issue. Here's this solve uh, problem solver. Want to do? Want to do it? If not, no, no big deal. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Thank right. you for that. You're talking to children. You're talking to your kids. I have. I'll give you a quick aside. My my third born. He's um, you know he's a little bit more stubborn. Okay. And one time we're having a conversation, and I said, you know, he was about to go, he needed to do this training, this training, this training, and this training, because he ultimately wanted to be here in regards to hockey. And he was saying, well, I think I might just go do this and skip that one and do this, and then stay up all night with my friends over here on this. I said, hey, you do what you want to do. But did you tell me that your goal was this? He said, yeah. I said, well, I'm going to tell you right now that these actions will not lead to success here. It'll be not making the team, and you'll be over here, and you'll probably be whining about it that this is something that's real to you. If you want to make that team, then you got to do this. Oh, you're just trying to get me to do what you want me to do, mm. was his answer to me. And I said, I don't give a blank what you do. I'm just sharing with you that these steps lead to that, and these steps lead to this. Mm -hmm. Do what you want. Did I sell him? Sure. I was, did. He, was he a bit of a mismatcher? Yeah. Dad says one yeah. thing, son wants to do the opposite. Yeah, and that's, what, that, that's part of life, right? When you're dealing with somebody that you know automatically thinks the opposite, that's another technique. So how do you overcome that when you know you're dealing with a contrarian? Whatever you can tell this person, no matter what, they're going to say the opposite. This is going to sound somewhat um, manipulative. And and maybe it is, but I'm not looking to gain an advantage because to me, persuasion is two winners. Manipulation is one. If I'm dealing with someone that's contrarian and I know it, the first thing that I might say is, Bill, I know you'll probably never agree with me on this statement I'm about to make. And then I'll make the statement. Bill automatically... He's going to agree. Agrees with my statement because he has to do the opposite. And that's why I tell my third born, be careful 
Because when someone in your life recognizes that you're a mismatcher, they might use it against you. So start working on that. Mm -hmm. Stop, st don't, don't be so contrarian all the time. This is the work I do on myself too. You know what I mean? Because you can get caught like, Dave will never, and then, oh yeah, I'll do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> what, what am I doing? I don't want to do that. Right. So. <laughs> well, perfect. Th thank you. I, th I think we delivered a nice, uh, strong message there. Dave, topic number two, point number two of why most people fail at sales. We found that people have experienced negative examples of sales, whether it's been rejection, whether it's, we hear this all the time, hey, these sheets are no good, all these leads have been burnt through, there's nobody picking up the phone. How do people overcome that? How do you overcome that previous experience you might have had working in a sales role where it was not successful. How do salespeople overcome that? If whoever's listening right now, if you are an expert that's been doing it forever, if you're newer, I have big feelings on all of this and I don't know if I can answer it easily. You've experienced negative examples of selling or you've had negative experience. Excuse me. That's like saying a baseball player went to play baseball and made an error and they want to quit. Or a baseball player struck out and they don't know what to do with themselves now. Are you kidding? It's part of the game. So I think it's very important early in your selling career and as a veteran to never lose sight of the fact that selling is overcoming objection and problem. Mm -hmm. I noticed it with some of our, you know, early ri uh, not early, uh, not early risers. What am I looking on? Young prospects, up and coming leaders, up and coming, right? And they're like, oh, this, we didn't have a great campaign last came uh, for last campaign for this dealer. <sighs> I don't know what I'm gonna do. That's the hard one. Yeah. What do you mean? What are you gonna do? You're gonna sell them. Sell them that no one's perfect. It doesn't work every single time. What else do you have? You still got that problem of no sales? Yeah, I still got that problem of no sales. Okay, what's gonna give you the best shot at getting some sales? Well, I don't know, how is it gonna be what you do? Well, I'm gonna tell you, here's what happened last time, here's what the fix is going to be, and we need another shot at this thing. Why do you think I have this dealership, this dealership, this dealership, this dealership? Because I'm perfect every time? If I was good 10 months out of 12, is that a value? You got a point there. You understand? Yeah. Selling is overcoming objection with passion and emotion. And if you're getting deterred from sales because of some net, there's no such thing as negative. It's just is. It's, it's just part, of, part the game. of it. That's it. It's part of the game. So stop whining and whimpering. Sales is not blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's wonderful. No, that's not selling. Selling is overcoming objection. When someone says no, no thanks, doesn't work, that's when the sale begins. I think people often fall into the trap of selling by offering, these are the specs, these are the benefits, benefit, benefit, benefit. Very good point. How do, how, what, what would your be, what would your take be on that? Is it about providing all the information? Is it about providing why this item why this idea can help you in a hundred different ways or, or how do you point. overcome selling let me finish this last thought the other thought keep that thought 
So understand your arena. Understand your sport. If you're in sales, negativity and failure is part of the game. Embrace it. It's always going to be there. Okay? Now, back to your question. Your question was, do you just diarrhea mouth people with all the wonderful things of your product? And the answer is absolutely not. It's like this podcast. I don't know how long, but I know you lose people's attention after about 30 minutes. When I'm talking out there, I can start to see physiology shift. Poor Valeria right now is like, oh my God, you done yet? <laughs> but, you know, you got to recognize that. You got to know when to shut up. Yeah. And that's what happens in sales. People talk too much because they're afraid of what? Objection. Yes. They're afraid of negativity. They're afraid of the confrontation. But the confrontation is what you need. It's the only chance you have. If you, if I, I don't remember how this is, but if I wanted to date someone and I said, um, hi, would you like to go out uh, tonight? I said, um, I'm busy tonight. Oh, you're busy. how about tomorrow? Um, well, listen, I'm a really great guy and I do blah, 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 blah. Oh my God, you're lost. <laughs> you're lost. You just, you got to have a, a, a presence that's confident. And you say, well, listen, are you dating anyone right now? Well, no. I said, well, look, you know what? I'm not looking for marriage, but I think I'm a pretty nice guy. We'll have some fun. I'd like to take you over to this club. I'm not going to sit here. Are you good Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Would you like to go out with me sometime? Wow. Right? Well, just a message for the audience. We all, so we'll be giving dating advice for whoever wants ah, it here. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> 28 years off the market. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, so you don't believe that selling, you, you don't spit out a bunch of benefits right. at people. You don't spit a bunch of, this is why it makes sense and here's two million reasons no, why. No, I think it's important to identify right away that they have a problem. Mm -hmm. That your product is a solution to that problem and, and here's some of the reasons why. Quick. But then you got to get back into, are they with you? you got to find a way to ask them a question or two that gets them talking. And if you feel negativity, no problem. Don't just automatically when they say, yeah, but this, okay, I, I, I can understand that. Always keep the rapport by, by being in somewhat of a, an understanding mode. Yeah, I got you. And then segue out. Hey, by the way, where'd you get that phone? I was just curious. You know, I can't tell you how many times I just start talking about someone's dress, mm -hmm. dress the way they, you know, the guy's shirt or something. And that's rapport building right yeah. there. And then, and then I get back to it though. I remember where I left off and I get back to it. Mm -hmm. Now, now talk about their kids or whatever, you know, and it might sound insincere. This, this stuff comes from years and years of doing, but I like people. I really genuinely want to know about their families and stuff like that. That stuff's important. Mm -hmm. um, back to you. You said that the knowing about the positives, that, that's important, not too much. But at the same time, you've got to get to the pain. They have to understand if they don't get the solution, what's going to happen. Yeah. Is that a value to you? Do you, Is this painful enough to you that if, yeah, this, this, this is wonderful, but if you don't do this with me today, Here's the doom and gloom and what's going to keep happening. I think you hit on it all the time. It's people are motivated by either gain or loss. And they'll do more to avoid loss than they will to, for the gain. So you always have to present painful side of something. 
people will do more to avoid death than they will to make $10 million. I know it sounds kind of harsh, but you got to remember that. And, and I, I think that's a very important and moving topic. And I'm sure you and I could spend an hour talking about that. But how do you distinguish? You're talking to a prospect cold. You don't really know them. How do you know if that individual is more motivated by gain as opposed to loss? Do you throw both scenarios out at him and see which one sticks? Or are there ways you feel like you can tell? There are ways. There's a book, Unlimited Power. Blair, if you ever want to check one out. Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins. I read it back in, oh my gosh, in the 90s. And um, maybe even late 80s. And Tony Robbins teaches or, or learns something called NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And in that, he works on and had worked on it. He, he put it into his book as well, his motivational book. It was really, it's really great. And it teaches you certain cues on how to read and understand people. Mm -hmm. But one of them was just getting a sense about the person you're talking to. Are they a, a, a moving towards the carrot on the stick person? You know, if, if they are, then you want them in sales. Or if they're a pain avoidance person, you probably don't want them you know, in sales. That being said, a pain avoidance person could be in sales if they're also motivated by money or you know things like that. So you got to kind of check yourself. But the, as far as the pain avoidance thing and and the um, pleasure, most people, most are going to do more to avoid pain. So I would always look for that. I feel that barometer reading first. And then if not, then I just, you know, you just stick to all the pluses on something. But whenever I talk, even when I'm interviewing somebody, mm -hmm. if I talk about just pluses, hey, that this job, you can make this much money and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I feel like the old connotations of sales. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be that to somebody. I don't want to be a con man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, hey, here's all the wonderful things. Right. I feel like I'm full of it. If I was hearing that from somebody, I'd be like, who is this? Mm -hmm. You know, this guy's full of crap. He's just trying to get over on me or something. He just wants me to work here. Understood. Well, let's let's transition. Let's go into topic number three here. How are we doing right now, guys? We're on 26 minutes. Right, let's just keep going. Perfect. You sure? You feeling all right? Yeah. Okay. Good. So topic number three, bullet point number three, we talked a little bit about confrontation. Many salespeople out there, they are afraid of confrontation. I know a big message of yours, Dave, is calling out the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? What does that phrase mean, calling out the elephant in the room? What does that mean to you and how do you go about it? That's, that's a great question, Don. You're doing good, by the way. Thank you. I think that um, there's two things you touched on just now. Don was starting to talk about um, people being afraid of confrontation. Don't be afraid to say you're afraid of confrontation. You just don't gotta go around screaming to the universe, right? <laughs> but you have it in your own, and most of us don't like it. And even for me, when I'm gonna go somewhere, and I know it's like a cold call, whether I'm making it on the phone or- A cold visit. A cold visit. Yeah, the first thoughts I'm having is, oh boy, am I gonna get smoked? Are they gonna try to be cool and witty mm -hmm. and smash me around when I walk in, the old guy, whatever? And then I go, you know what? I think about all my successes in my life, and not everybody has a lot yet, so you gotta think of other things that you were successful at. Yeah. 
and you got to be prepared for some of the quick one-liners they might hit you with. Get a couple comebackers ready mm -hmm. to go. And then I even get, don't get this way. No, I don't need anybody fighting, but I get physical in my mind. And I'm like, is it going to be a physical confrontation? Because if it's going to be physical, I'm feeling pretty strong still. I could, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to take these guys down. So now that I get all that silliness out of my head, mm -hmm. I just come in and be back to being a nice human being. Kindness melts all hearts. So I'm going to melt through these people. They are going to, I'm going to stay in there mm -hmm. till I'm the sunshine that melts them like frosted a snowman. So I get my fear out of my head by mm -hmm. getting like, ah. Yeah. And then I go back to, man, kindness cures all. And that's one of the scrolls in Ogmandino's greatest salesman in the world, which is, uh, I will greet each day with love in my heart. And, you know, love melts all this and that. Yeah. So I, I think that's a great book, by the way. The, the, the 10 scrolls for uh, Og Mandino's greatest salesman in the world. And this can be another episode where we discuss yeah. the top five, top 10 yeah. books that have changed Dave Dini's life or made Dave Dini, Dave Dini. So did I answer that question though? Because you had just asked me two things you, and I you, wanted to touch you on You did, you hit on confrontation. The second part oh, yeah. being elephant in the room. Elephant in the room. What yeah. does that phrase mean? The elephant in the room is that there's often a reason why someone's not really buying. And most salespeople that are newer at it, but even some people have been doing it for a long time, they, they keep spitting and spewing all the positives mm -hmm. because they're avoiding, like we said earlier, the no. Yeah. They're avoiding the obstacle. And they're avoiding what they know is probably going to come up later as, a, as an issue as to why this person's not doing it. For example, maybe the price. Mm -hmm. And... They're avoiding the price. And we're going to do this, and we're going to do this. Well, how much is it? <laughs> you know, get your price out. You know what I mean? S -s tell them. And what are they going to say 99 times out of 100 when you say your price? They're going to say no. Right? Or they're going to go, uh, oh, they're all trained. Much. Oh, too much. Meanwhile, you made that price up. You made up the product. Too much compared to what? Yeah. These glasses, how much are they? $5,000. Oh, my God. That's a lot of money. Compared to what? That should be your first line right out of the gate. Now, they might have an answer for that. Well, when I did it with such and such. Well, you're prepared for that. This is apples to oranges. When you did that, that has nothing to do with what I'm doing right here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's selling. The elephant in the room is, why? Why are you not helping me? Mm -hmm. So many people are afraid to say that. So can I count you in? Let me think about it. I'm going to talk to so-and-so, and we're going to go over some things and figure it out. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you like it? If it was your decision to make right now, would you make the decision to come forward? Well, now you got to get to those reasons. Yeah. Once I got you, then we'll worry about selling this person over here. I need you 100% on board. And What's think, that going to take? And I think I hear it all the time, Dave. I know you love the phrase, I'll try. I'll, I'll try to get there. When can you come in, Mr. Customer? I'll try to make it in. Yeah. How do you react to that situation? What does I'll try mean to you? I was just teaching Valeria a little bit, and Ivan, you've been around me a bit now. Words are powerful. Words can change the meaning of life. So I've worked hard at getting rid of certain words in my vocabulary because I don't like to have them used on me. So, for example, and I learned this from Tony Robbins, which is the word I can't. 
I don't know if I have to keep referencing Tony Robbins on these things because it's not like he made them up. Jim Rohn uh, helped him yeah. a lot. Love anyway, uh, the word can. I take that to mean I don't know how or I don't want to. Elephant in the room is I'd rather hear you tell me you just don't want to and then I got a shot at selling you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. So when someone says I can't, I'm going to say that means you either don't want to or you don't know how. Which is it? That's addressing the elephant in the room. That's it. That's powerful. Yeah. So try is another one of those words where you got to say, listen, respectfully, when someone says try, it's either a really polite way of trying to end this conversation or you're just not sure about something. Can you just tell me that you're not sure about something or you're just ending this conversation because you're not interested? Mm -hmm. And ask the elephant in the room question. Are you just not interested or is there something we're not, we got to get past here that yeah. you need more answers to? Yeah. Well, Dave, now here this comes is the, the reason. Truth, yes. Right? Absolutely. Perfect. Let's go to bullet point number four here. You've spoken about mentorship. I know salespeople throughout the country, the nation, whatever it is they're selling, they often will believe that it can't be taught and you'll never learn without having a great mentor. Do, do you believe that is true? Is it important in selling in life to have a good mentor or can one get past without one? I mean, listen, there's no doubt that you can have do or be anything that you put your mind to. You don't need anyone. That being said, do we want to go back and try to figure out without any help how to build a car engine from scratch when it's already being built every day? Mm -hmm. If a great French baker is going to all this college and school to build this beautiful cake and I can just go on YouTube and do the same steps exactly in the order that they're doing them and get the same or similar result, why am I going to reinvent the wheel? So to your point, do you need one? No. Is it better to follow a guide and a mentor? Absolutely. And who should that be? I would watch someone who's experienced in life the way I want to experience it. And I would try to mirror and mimic some of the things that they think. Mm -hmm. I'd ask them questions. What do you think when this happens? How do you respond and react when that happens? And then I would also use their, their language, their body style, physiology, whatever. Right? Most people are just a creation of things that they've seen out in the outside world and adopted as their own. So I think having a mentor is great. And who have been some mentors? I know you spoke about Tony Robbins. I know Jim Rohn. Who have been some mentors that, that have helped you in your life that you were able to say, I want to follow in this person's footsteps. This is who helped pave and create who Dave Dini is today. Mm. I mean, those motivational speakers that I've really I've tied into, they were, weren't really mentors for me. They were like people that were saying what I was believing, and I didn't really know how to put it into words until I heard them say it. Like, it's exactly what I think. And it was good to have um, confirmation that that is the way to think. That mm -hmm. is the way to go. And the more of that I heard, then I'd see more of that in people I saw in my life that were, that were successful. Um, 
in sales, there were just, there were people around me when I was first started selling that were helping me, you know, and, and it was good to have that example in front of me. So when I had doubt, I couldn't even imagine the first person that made a sale. You know, go back to Bethlehem <laughs> with your with your blanket, you know, and trying yeah. to sell it in the in the mob scene. I I can't even imagine. But you know, sales is the oldest profession that there is. And going back to what we were just talking about, having a mentor or be, being in sales. I'm sorry, my phone's going crazy. What is that? Sorry. Um, what was the question? I'm sorry. Getting distracted there. I lost myself. We're, we're starting. We're going we? a little bit far. Huh? But the question was. You're on four. Mentorship. Oh yeah, it's an important. On Bethlehem, you're selling the blankets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and who's the men, who's the mentor though? Just just find somebody who's uh, attaining the results that you want to attain, mm -hmm. and kind of mirror the steps that they take each day, and, and you'll have similar results. Perfect. Like the French baker or anything else. Mm -hmm. Why reinvent the wheel? So. Understood. And we'll hit the last bullet point here today, and that comes down. We've spoken about failure. We've spoken about rejection. We've spoken about confrontation. Salespeople need time to fail. Why do you feel like that is such an important topic? Why, why do people need to experience failure, need to experience rejection in order to finally reach their goal? Why is failure such an important part of selling? I think that when we talk about needing failure, people might misconstrue a little bit what we're really saying. Don't go out there and fail for the sake of failing. Well, I got one under my belt, you know. Give it everything that you have. The only way anybody's going to become a master at anything is through repetition. Do you remember uh, Karate Kid? Yes. Okay. Wax on. Yeah. Wax we, off. Remember the kid finally got pissed off at... Yeah. Ralph Macho got pissed off at what's his Why name? are you making me paint the Listen, wall? Listen, I did your fences, I did the cars, I, right. I waxed them on, I waxed them off, I did everything. What's and the finally point? the guy went, bam, bam, just, and all, all of a sudden the kid's yeah. like, ah. But it took all of that repetition to start having an understanding to the game. So, when you're out there, this is a big caveat for anybody in sales or going into sales. Don't worry about the sale. Forget it. You think because you got the sale, you've arrived. Yay, I got one. You know what's going to happen? You're going to get the sale, and guess what's going to start immediately? Anxiety. For what? More. The next one. And you don't even know how you got that one. You're going to start saying, I was lucky. That was my mom I sold, you know. That was the good lead. Those right, were the warm right. leads. That was just, and you're like, oh my God, I'm no better at selling. I got the sale. Yeah. So I tell all new salespeople, forget the sale. But make X amount of phone calls per day. Every time the customer says this, you say that. Address the elephant in the room. Build rapport. Get rejected. That's why you need it. Because you want to become a master. To become a master at anything, journalism, directing, whatever it is you want to be in life that you think today, you have to bring the best version of yourself with whatever you happen to know at that time and do the best that you can. But you can't half it. Half it. 
I give an analogy sometimes, and I'll end it with this if this is the end. Yes. I ask people to come to work for me, and I say, look, I'm going to pay you. Ivan, Ivan, you've been here for this meeting. I'm going to pay you. So what I want you to do is this presentation book is your outline. When they say this, you say that. And when they say this, you go over here and say that. And you go, hee, 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 with your voice. And then you go here and, you, and just do it every time. Okay? That's all I'm asking you to do. And here's your check. If I told you to go outside and dig a hole, just go, just dig, move some dirt around and dig, dig a hole around here about, I don't know, a foot or two down. You wouldn't think about it. You just do it. But do you know how many people in sales start questioning? And they'll go, or like the French baker, well, I know he says a dash of that and a touch of this, but forget the dash, that can't even matter. And forget about the droplet over here, that can't mean anything. And guess what they wind up with? Their pastry is moose poop. <laughs> so, find out what success looks like at what you're doing. Mirror that every day to the best of your ability. Your skill set will grow, your confidence will grow, and sales will follow. Sales don't come first. Failure does. That's the process. Yep. And, and understand it. Understand it's part of the game. Awesome. Well, Dave, thank you so much here. It's been, uh, it's been fun doing this. We look forward to hearing from our audience here, and we'll be back next week with uh, another episode here of the Excellent. Dave Danny Podcast.